Welcome to the Impossible Things Podcast, where the greatest minds in the universe answer the world's toughest questions. But until they arrive, we'll be talking about those same questions. I'm Kyle, and with me today are Jimmy. Hello. And Jesse. Oh, every time. <laughs> Sometimes today, I just jump all over it. Whatever. Whatever. I keep looking at you like I'm going to call you first, but I know how much it irks you. Jimmy did that too. And then he actually said hello. <laughs> he said hello on my behalf. Can't, can't really fault him. Last week was a rough week for all of us. <laughs> it was. Today we are talking about something near and dear to my heart, something I get made fun of a lot. We are talking about Jurassic Park. Yes. Jurassic You're Park. a dinosaur? Uh, I am. I, I am a dinosaur. I'm a velociraptor. All those signs you see that say our workplace is velociraptor free. It's and true. It, it's true till I show up. <laughs> so, uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> what do you think, Jesse? Is that possible? Yeah, I'd be surprised. I don't know. That wasn't a firm no. I'll take it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no. I mean, no. I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, nope. <laughs> Couldn't be more firm than that. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty solid no for me. Huh. Jimmy, what do you think? I wanted it to be true so much. Me too. I want it to be possible. Maybe I just that's don't. where my reticence comes in. I just, I want, I, I think it would be so cool. Going into a park and seeing extinct creatures, I think would be awesome. How. Ever, if we're going off of the movie itself, extracting DNA from a fossilized insect that's trapped in amber, I just, I, it's, it's been, it's been tried. People have tried to do it, and it doesn't work. It's not a, enough. A surprising amount of people, from what I understand. Uh, a lot of people, inspired by the books. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, taking that idea, because it, it, it holds some. It, uh, Michael Crichton is a really good way of, of. Of, uh, we've talked about this before because we've referenced a lot of his books. He's really good at giving you like it could work this way, and it sounds it sounds like it could work. You know, it makes mm-hmm. sense. Mosquito was trapped in amber, and it completely preserved it. And so, uh, whatever blood was in the the dinosaur's DNA, or whatever the whatever dinosaur blood was in the mosquito, got extracted, and they used that DNA and and cloned a dinosaur. As is the process, as far as I understand, is it is it different in the books? Nope. Do they talk about it? There's no, that. It's, it's identical to the way they describe it in the movie. Because one, one of the things, I mean, like, it, it's completely that thing that magicians tell you about misdirection is that I feel like the reason everybody is so so aching for this to be true is because Crichton made it sound so possible because he even accounted for errors such as missing DNA code. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we'll just use amphibious DNA. Mm-hmm. Frog DNA. Yeah. yeah. And then, well, how did, how did the dinosaurs reproduce? Well, amphibians can actually change sex mm-hmm. uh, to suit nature. And so, of course, that's how it happened. It's like he's li- like he's answered all these questions that would hurdle hurdle the existence of this technology, which he does in a lot of his works. We, we've talked about it's part of what I really appreciate about him, or appreciated about him, mm-hmm. tragically. But uh, oh, well, all good things must come to an end. They must. <laughs> they, they really must. But his uh, you know his his medical doctor degree. Right, yeah. He mm-hmm. was a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. He just never practiced because he was an author mm. his entire working career. But I think that that kind of, that and his, his manner in which he would do background research for books, I think really aided making everything sound so possible. And I really think that that's why there's all these science labs attempting this. Um, but I, I think I'm, I agree with both of you. I really want it to be true, but I don't think it's possible. Mm. I just don't. I think if it was all these lab groups that have tried this, like the Europeans and... Mm. Well, is there precedent for... I mean, at, at that point, you're you're basically making new life in a test tube out of 
yeah. DNA that's old and as, is there any precedent? Have we done that for any any animals at all? Like even something that's around? Well, so why, well, why don't we a just lot of... bring back the white rhino at that point? Or not bring back, but why don't we preserve the white rhino or bring sure. back dodo birds? Like, I mean, why, why don't we get something that we have a little more access to? Mm-hmm. I mean, not very not dodo birds, but not very much why access not to dodo them. birds. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, well, yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, were, but, were, I mean, you, were you saying... Yeah, have we have we grown any animals in test tubes? Yeah, uh, we we do uh, all the time actually. Do we? Mm-hmm. A lot of the uh, um, a lot of the there was a documentary coming out called Blackfish. That's all about the uh, the orcas that are in SeaWorld. or not oh. just SeaWorld, but mm-hmm. all the they they aren't they're all artificially inseminated and and grown in tubes. Like they're not wow. a lot of we do it with a lot of fish. Yeah. A lot of fish are grown in tubes, and they're not. Well, and I think that that, that genome's a lot easier for us to manipulate, I would assume, than mammals. Well, Any, than anything that comes, mammals, I'm not going to say. Yeah, they're, anything they're that comes out of an egg. Dinosaurs aren't mammals. Huh? Dinosaurs are not mammals. That's true. That's why you, but anything that comes out of an egg, usually. No, orcas, orcas are mammals. Or are they fish? They're no, mammals. They're mammals. Because they don't come from an egg, right? No. They come from... Okay. They're birthed. So as far as I know, I remember somebody talking about it a little while ago, saying that they're all, they're all test tubed, and that that documentary will probably get into more detail. But they're, they're that's that's interesting though. But I mean, like I mean, I guess everybody, at least my perception as well up till just now was that yeah, this is impossible because it's a creature that we it's intangible to us completely, like other than as a historical artifact. Mm-hmm. And and we're still like we still find things all the time, like oh the brontosaurus never existed. It's really like a brachiosaur and this mm-hmm. other thing. You know, we don't really know what they look like. So everything we've, every, I don't know, every speculation we've made is, is just that. It's speculation. We don't really know. But uh, a point that I had made to you, Jimmy, in an offline discussion earlier was, uh, so we can't we can't find the the amber, the DNA in the amber, but mm-hmm. we, we make genetic alterations all the time to, like, the variety of creatures, giving them brown eyes, blue eyes, whatever, or, you know, like, that kind of thing, changing small character traits. What's to stop us from just building an entire string of DNA and creating the dinosaurs as we know them? Like, okay, so the Tyrannosaurus wasn't what everybody thinks they were, but let's, we we don't know let's that. Make we one. don't really care. Let's just make it what we think it is. That'd be cool. I, I think that, and I had said this in our discussion that I think that that the moral impl- implications of that are so so much worse yeah. uh, from that mentality than they would be from the traditional thinking of what Jurassic Park was, but. Uh, I mean, like, I I think the only possibility, I think, remotely, super remotely, would be that. Mm-hmm. If we were going to bring dinosaurs back to life, we'd be creating them from the ground up, it, to our perception. Right. In my opinion. That's, so a, lot the, of, that's the, a lot of building. The extraction of DNA from a prehistoric mosquito is not a not plausible to you? Mm, not in my mind. Not, not, not in the direct sense. Like, I mean, I feel like if we were to build, like, this alleged fake dinosaur from DNA, it would be like, oh, well, they're, you know, dinosaurs are reptilian, so we get some reptile DNA. Hmm. And they're carnivorous, so we, we get some, the closest reptilian carnivore, throw some of that DNA in there, you know. So oh, really, they're bird-like. Oh, hmm. we'll get some bird DNA. You know, like, I think that that's how that would be built. I don't think there's a one-stop shopping for the DNA code of a Tyrannosaurus rex mm-hmm. or a... The genome is gone. I Well, and I think that, you know... You know, as is stated in the book several times, that uh, that is what natural selection selected. Therefore, they are not here. They probably aren't supposed to be here. Don't play God. That's what creates chaos. 
Mm-hmm. Chaos theory. That's that's chaos theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> chaos theory. How does chaos theory play into this? Oh, it's an underlying factor of the entire oh, then, literary okay. work of Jurassic Park is that the the central character, unlike the movie, is not uh, central characters are not Alan Grant and and Doctor Ellie Stadler or whatever her name is, but it's uh, uh, Ian Malcolm, the mm. the chaos theorist that is there to the bane of the of uh, John Hammond's existence. Mm telling him that he shouldn't have done this and he's screwed up the evolutionary process and it's going to backfire on him, you know, oh, ominous foreshadowing there. Mm -hmm. No no literary tricks here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, that the the entire underlying aspect of the book is chaos theory and how playing God, quote unquote, the way John Hammond was, was spurred on this entirely other aspect of chaos theory, Mm -hmm. much like a deviation in in timeline for time travel, Mm -hmm. creating an alternate reality. So, I I mean, they they talk about it in a cheeky fashion in the movie where uh, uh, Ian Ian Malcolm's character is hitting on the the good Dr. Ellie Uh and with the drop of water on her hand and all that stuff. I don't know. It's... It's just it's crappy, crappy scientific reasoning about prediction and uh, I don't know manipulation of your environment. So, mm-hmm. do you oh. would, would you use this technology for anything? Like if you if you could bring something back, what would you what would you bring back <laughs> and why? Dodobird. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I, I don't know if I can even call this irony, but I, I was going to say intelligence. I'd bring intelligence back. <laughs> 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 Oh, that's kind of interesting. I mean, there's a lot of, and this this could get very controversial, but there's a lot of there's a lot of graves that still have DNA from mm-hmm. people that are still like. Mm. There's no reason we couldn't go back and do a direct clone of Albert Einstein. That was just shy of a century, birth wise. Yeah, interesting. He should. How, he how should. relevant would he be? You know, he's missed a lot. A lot. Yeah, he died. but it's the foundation. He. I mean, everything's foundationalized upon a lot of his theories. Mm-hmm. How long do you think it would take him to catch up? Not long at all. How long, huh? Maybe. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Well, it's, complete, it's completely uh, conjecture on my part, but I, I, I think that minds like his or minds like a lot of the, my literary heroes or even scientific heroes, I think that minds like those are timeless in that it's not the technology or the process that they're talking about. It is the process itself. I think that it's that kind of mentality of challenging the status quo scientifically and mathematically and the way things have always been done and be, I mean, completely all those cliches about, Oh, they think outside Mm -hmm. the box and you know, there are these wild haired, wild eyed, Mm -hmm. you know, really some somewhat comedic freaks in society are the, the revolutionary scientifically. And that's, I think that they would be that in any century. There was a, there was a documentary of uh, Da Vinci that I saw a couple of years ago. And one of the parts was they talked about how, how, the way that he wrote and the way that he drew it, he looked like he was bored with the world around him. Right. Like, that's why he created so much stuff. So there's a lot of people theorizing that if you could bring him to the present, that he would have so much fun because he could just, the world was, the world's a lot bigger than it was for him. And so now he can, right. Like he's, in a sense, he was a goldfish that grew too big for his fishbowl, and he wanted something more. And so we would be putting him in a much bigger fishbowl. We'd be putting him in the ocean, essentially. For would that be Would that be right, though? I mean, if we could bring him back, should we? 
Well, but if we well before we get to the should we part, I mean, if we brought him back, though, he wouldn't have perception to his previous self. It's not a reincarnation. We're just talking about replicating the cells that would make up this oh, person's true. brain. So they wouldn't know that they're in a different time. They would just oh. have the mental capacities. Theoretically, they'd have the mental capacities of their former selves. So mm-hmm. how much? Oh, uh, so you would have to. Yeah, but all of his experiences as a child growing up and all his education would, is part of what made him mm-hmm. who he is. So just having the same brain doesn't necessarily. No, exactly. I just, it, it, you know, that's, and that's what I mean is that. He'd it, have the potential. Yeah. The Maybe you'd make like there. 100 of him and hope that one of them. Right. It's a, it's a crapshoot still. I mean, but think about it. We, we all do that. Like I'm a parent. Jesse, you're a parent. Apparently. Like, oh, hey, Whoa. look at that. <laughs> Yeah, dad, dad puns for days now. <laughs> but uh, that's, I mean, like we're we're doing nothing different than what we're talking about. We've we've taken the same mm-hmm. crapshoot, in quotes, mm-hmm. that we're, we could be one of us could be raising the next Einstein or the next you know, Da Vinci or Tesla or never know the idea stealing Edison. Does every child have that potential? <laughs> I I've. Oh, that's a good. That's, that's a good that's, topic. That's such a philosophical question and a, a much deeper one than people give it credit for. I think, but I definitely, I feel like society is the resistance against intelligence, especially our society <laughs> today. So mm. I think the potential energy for that kind of intelligence is always there. It's a matter of people promoting it, and uh-huh. uh, and. I don't know, exercising that and, and having the availability to do so. I mean, like I, it's not just, it's not like, Oh, everyone, yeah, everyone has the potential to be the most brilliant mind, but they do. Uh, a I've lot of lots of people say that there's a lot of contributing factors to that though. <laughs> I mean, education and early childhood development right. and access and all sorts of things like that. Absolutely. But mm-hmm. I mean, like there've been some interesting, so, uh, sociology, so yeah, scary. sociology experiments down in Africa of handing like tribes of tribes of uh, of these you know villagers handing them laptops and they figure out like very very complicated processes of these computers in like a day or a month or a week like hmm. these are people who've never seen a computer before they figure out how to use it how to work it and how to configure it and do very advanced features with networking and all that stuff within like a month of having them it's wow. pretty wow. ridiculous That's so i think that the potential is there it's a lot of it has to do with the access and environment well, I don't think I. I think every I think every person can be great, but I don't know. There's a there's a few people at at work that explain like like uh, when Matt used to work with us. There's the Josh. There's Josh is the one that explains it this way, and Josh says that oh. you know me me Josh and Matt went to the same high school, and uh, in a lot of ways we kind of had the same path. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Matt and you look at Josh's path, they had the same. And this is all. So I'm not making fun of Josh. This is what Josh would say. Uh, <laughs> if it's not, he listens to this, so he will tell you. <laughs> yeah, I know he will. He will let me know. But this is the first time I ever heard of it because I always used to think that people can people can be. I can be as smart as Einstein if I if I apply myself. Mm-hmm. He cool. was kind of the what? what? So what's going on? I'm not applying myself. <laughs> Obviously, I, I got rid of cable. I'm step closer. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop playing Give my late stars life here, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, the uh, his thing was is that him and Matt had had pretty much the same path. They had the same mm-hmm. path. They had kind of gone the same route and then the same amount of time of stuff they had gotten. They kind of gotten a, a, to, to our work at the same amount of time. And he would, he would tell you that Matt is much, much, much smarter than he is. 
is what is how you would say it. I'm, I'm he, sure you would. He says that that some of some of that isn't you can't you can only be so good and then you stop. Like there's a ceiling there. Yeah, but I mean, it depends on what we're talking about, though, because Josh's brilliance, I don't think, is in the technical aptitude as nearly as not to say he's inept, but he's not. We're comparing comparing these two two folks here, mm-hmm. Matt and Josh. Uh, Matt's technical ability is very, very uh, precise, and Josh's is is good, but not as precise. But Josh's societal Careful. manipulations. Yeah, right. Thank you. <laughs> Societal manipulations and uh, and his fervor for certain things and aspects. I think that that's that is a brilliance in and of itself that mm. I think is unmatched in people in, in at least in our group of people that we all, we we all share knowledge of. Uh, whereas Matt is com- completely inept in that, and mm-hmm. he would admit that as well. Is that when it comes to uh, interacting with society and like making business deals and stuff like that. It's not Matt's forte at all, mm. but it is completely Josh's forte. Mm. He's very, very convincing when he wants to be. It's all about drive and that stuff, but I, I think it's different types of brilliance. So you think it's, so you think everyone can be great. It's just, I think people be are better great at, at different things. things. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And I mean, like we're, we were talking about Einstein and <clears throat> Einstein and Tesla and Edison and all these people like they're, yeah, they're all brilliant. They're all hailed as brilliance in this general sense of the term. But I mean, they all had very specific aspects of what their knowledge was. Einstein and they also and, had a lot of problems. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hard, mean, mo, mo money, mo problems. Isn't that what we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> mo knowledge, mo problems. You know, yeah. Einstein couldn't balance his checkbook. Have you ever heard those stories? Though. Oh, yeah. But I mean, those are the kinds of things, though. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so Einstein was very, you know, mathematically prone and had all these physics physics theories and proofs and all sorts of things like that but he didn't invent anything per se yeah that's true he facilitated invention i'm sure but you know look at tesla tesla invented things he did things that benefited a lot of people yeah but he didn't have any business smarts he had no business acumen though and that's that's why that's, that's why, why edison why, took over because right. edison at the end of the day that's that's what he was good at mm-hmm. and i mean look look at steve jobs and steve wozniak like yeah, yeah. Steve Jobs is not an inept computer programmer or computer engineer. He's nope. he's very smart, but Woz is much smarter than he is, but he sucks at business. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, or did. I'm sure he's much better at it now. <laughs> it's a little easier with the internet, but, I mean, look, look at those examples. Like, neither one of those guys were idiots or are idiots. They're just brilliant at different things. And so right. that's, I feel like that potential is there. I've always kind everybody. of thought of it. I don't know if this is right. I'm probably totally wrong. But I've always thought you have, like... 100 knowledge points and you can either pile them all up on math or you can spread mm. them equally over everything sounds like a a game i played like an, once like an, like an rpg <laughs> yeah i was gonna say uh, world of warcraft or something of that sort <laughs> well it's yeah, it's a it's kind of a visual way to think about it no it's a, it it's a way we grasp things i think yeah. i agree but I mean, getting getting back to the topic of of dinosaurs wow, and recreating its extinct extinct <laughs> beings, uh, uh, I we had, we had mentioned it briefly before I I continued on with that thought. But it's this is completely a case of not because we could, but should we? I mean, why should we do that? Should we be bringing back extinct creatures? No. I, I agree thoroughly. I, I think while it would be very cool to have a dinosaur, having a slew of them, bad idea. How do we know? Uh, I'm in that boat too, though. <laughs> Maybe I'm, they balance the food chain and the ecosystem perfectly. I would say they balance it poetically because they'd probably eat us. <laughs> mm, well. 
population control. There's <laughs> <laughs> not much of that happening now. <laughs> True that. The only time in history. Oh, goodness. Well, then let's create dinosaurs and let them deal with it. Maybe since... Survival of the fittest in its most core. Maybe uh, maybe it's poetic justice, like you say. I, I Well, we all know how I feel about justice. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, truly though, like your your point of skepticism, I think is is well placed. Like, should we? Like, what do you really think, Jesse? Should if this tech, if we could find the amber, somebody's got the DNA in their hands right now with a way to clone it into a creature to birth from an egg, should we do that? Why not? I, they were extinct for a reason. That's that's my guess. Natural selection selected them. Well, natural selection made smart enough people to do it. Oh, well, let's do it. There's always uh, that. Jeez. I, part of me is like, no, we shouldn't do it. And the next part of me is like, I would pay a lot of money to see a dinosaur. Like, I would pay a lot of money to go to space. Like, that's that's just... Well, that's you'll probably get that opportunity in your lifetime, but I don't know about the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, probably not. No, but there's definitely... I would... I, I, would, I don't have a philosophical or ethical problem with bringing back dinosaurs. I mean, if they weren't meant to be alive now, then they'll just die out again. That's, you know what? That is very. That was a thought I had. How did apt. they, how did they explain for like the the climate of the Earth being catastrophically different than from when they roamed? Like, it, if there was global warming. I mean, if they brought, <laughs> if you bring back dinosaurs and they're cloned, they're gonna they're they don't have all the adaptations of what they would have if they would have if they would have uh, survived. So wouldn't they die off automatically anyways? Nah, good question. But maybe. Uh, well, it depends on how different it was and how how much you're recreating what already what you know exactly what was there then or if like Kyle said we're just making a T-Rex cuz we can sequence their gene. Yeah, code. why not? <laughs> and if we can uh if we can manipulate it that much then let's just make them make um the you know able to live now. I don't, I don't I well, I wanted a dinosaur. I want a pet dinosaur, so make that happen. <laughs> I'll get right on that. <laughs> get on that team. <laughs> Did you pet? I want a dinosaur. I right, I, so cool. I I think that the carrying the concept one further. Okay, so we've created a dinosaur. Okay, back from the DNAs. Wow, that was quick. I know, right? I got on that fast, <laughs> Jimmy, just for you. But so we create a we create a, we create the situation that is Jurassic Park. The movie, like there's a theme park mm-hmm. on an island, isolated from humanity, seemingly isolated from humanity, uh, where people come to visit these creatures. Um, ruling out the whole portion where somebody's trying to blackmail this company and sell this technology to another company, and mm-hmm. therefore starting the the uh, downward spiral that is the rest of the movie. I, that. That's an. Would you would you make it a spectacle like that, or would we just like, well, we've created this creature, let's put it back into its natural habitat? No, mm. I would absolutely make it a spectacle. Well, yeah, but I mean, would we release into it? Like, I mean, Jurassic Park in the movie was intentionally they were intentionally locked up to as so as not to interfere with the environments around them. So they thought that was their plan. That's not the book is very clear that that is not what happens, but mm. and the movie alludes to it, but so like. Sure, like we have zoos, but there's also wild zebras and wild lions out in the African Sahara, you know? Like, so do we release these dinosaurs into areas of the world as well as have them in a zoo? I, 
I would say no. Be, be kind of going back to the the they have not. Not only have they not evolved to this current world, but the world has not been able to evolve around them. So there's like they would be the ultimate predator in a lot of ways. Yeah, but how many creatures do we currently not know about? I guess it's true. We don't um, know. For for all we know, there are still dinosaurs alive places. We really don't know. True, truthfully, we don't. There's still a lot of places that are relatively uninhabited. But and uh, Crichton touches on this in his book. Is the the reason he picks the area, the the world that he picks, South Africa, is because there are still currently villages that have knowledge of big lizards running about. The descriptions of them. In the, I mean, like, I truly, I cannot recommend more. If this is at all fascinating to anybody listening, go read that book. Mm-hmm. Because on top of all the DNA structure and how, how to actually scientifically bring dinosaurs back to life, there's a lot of allusion to the fact that they never really left. That they, they might not be dinosaurs in the traditional sense, like, oh, there's a T-Rex roaming around the jungles of South Africa. Like, mm-hmm. he's not suggesting that. But the small lizards, like the, the, the compies that they talk about more in the books than they do in the movies, that... Is completely a feasible thing that could totally be roaming around in herds down in South Africa that nobody would ever see. Why would we? Why? Why? Who are we to think that maybe they do? Maybe they do exist. We don't know. Right. I mean, it's completely devil's advocating because we we have discovered and explored quite a bit of the world, but there I think there's just so much we don't know about what we we know. <laughs> well, that's that's exactly the point of uh, the book, The Lost World, by Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm-hmm. Was that there's this large plateau that's very high and it's got a cliff face all around it so up until the the time that it was discovered by these fictitious travelers uh, no one had really been up there and up there there's dinosaurs and a whole kind of prehistoric ecosystem just plugging along yeah totally isolated from everything else with no knowledge to anybody else no i mean or what if they're you know journey to the center of the earth style like what if there's something below the core that we've not explored yeah. that we don't know about like or we just ocean. don't know there's a lot of the ocean we don't know anything hey, about. precisely i mean that that's more where i would think we'd be prone to finding a lizard dinosaur like creature would mm-hmm. be the oceans because we we truly haven't explored all that and we know that mm-hmm. and we're discovering things i feel like by the day as a as a people you know so, by the day indeed so that but bringing all those points back to the original question i had for you jimmy was so why wouldn't we release them back into the back into the wild i don't have an argument now no. uh, now i want well that was I, not my goal because <laughs> <laughs> uh, now i'm starting to agree with you I'm, I'm thinking my first thing was like well no because they're dangerous to humans but like so are bears and lions and tigers tigers are oh my. My. <laughs> <laughs> that, those are the jokes folks good night everybody don't uh, forget to tip your waiters and waitresses and next week um Next week, incorrigible. <laughs> 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 That's good. Uh, I guess we would. I, guess I would we think we would be obligated to morally. I don't know, obligated. I brought them in the world. I don't have to. You know. You sound a lot like my father. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel obligated? like the moral obligations there that if we if we brought these creatures back to life, we deserve to give them another fighting chance in without human interaction. If we want to lock up a couple in a zoo so that we can look at them and study them, rock on. I'm all about that. But I would say we need to release a couple into the wild and see if they survive. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a really unprecedented situation because we've all, we've the only thing we've ever done is try to prevent species from going extinct. 
But we failed at that too, haven't we? we? Yeah. I feel like we yeah, have. I'm not. I'm not familiar enough with this. I'm, I'm really not either. But I've got to think situation. we have failed at that at some point. I'm sure. We we lost the. Now I always get this wrong. It's the bison that is extinct, correct? We still have buffalo. We don't have. No, we still have bison. We don't have buffalo then. No, what do we not have? There's one of those two does not exist anymore. Okay. Well, somebody will correct us, hopefully. And it was nobody ever writes in to correct us, so we could totally be right or wrong. Yeah, <laughs> we can say whatever we want. <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> oh, we are planning a corrections uh, episode. Well, then yeah, we'll research cool. this and we'll correct it. We'll fix this in post, as it we'll were. Fix it in post. Let's fix it in post. So bison or buffalo, one of them doesn't. But that that's as early as like the 40s. That's like something that was around. For a long time, and this, and then, and maybe even, maybe even as late as the fifties or sixties, that that had disappeared. But there wasn't a general consciousness that was trying to keep them around at that point. I mean, there was there was some concern on it part of a few people, but it wasn't it wasn't society wide. Like it kind of is now. Yeah, and a lot of people are concerned about you know endangered species, the whales, and the whales. Well, and, and some of that, kind so, of so some of that mentality is presented in Jurassic Park and it's mentioned in the movie very briefly super briefly that you wouldn't even notice had you not read the books John Hammond's arguing with Ian Malcolm Ian Malcolm is saying like you know how dare you play God and what makes you think that this isn't going to blow up in your face and he's saying well there's this condor this condor went extinct and we could have prevented that and we can bring it back now and that's expanded that whole concept of this condor that extinct like which I'm trying to look up right now but Mm -hmm. uh uh, he, you know, John Hammond saying it's our it's our moral obligation to try to save these creatures if we can, and Ian Malcolm is saying that it is it's our it's our moral obligation to let them die if to that's leave what well that, enough alone. Leave well enough yeah. alone, precisely. Well, well, so, we're not leaving well enough alone. We're tampering with ecosystems all the time. Uh, we're tampering with all sorts of things. I mean, like even as far as is controlling the weather. I mean, we we are truly trying to correct our carbon footprints, etc. Is it possible to control the weather? I feel like we should talk about this. It sounds slightly <laughs> impossible, don't you think? I, well, maybe. But, I mean, th- that being said, though, like, do do we have an obligation to try to save these creatures? Or or if we have the ability to bring them back from, from extinction, do, do we have any obligations to doing that? Should we? Should we not? I don't see why not. Still, I still don't see why not. I... It's hard because both arguments are, are logical, but just on different sides of the coin. I suppose it's, so. It's, I don't know, I kind of feel like I really want to see a dinosaur is, is, the, is, the, is the base desire. Five, five-year-old Jimmy's really, yeah, really, really wanting this to happen. want to see a dinosaur. Well, and I, I, I got to tell you, like, I'm, five-year-old Kyle is all about this, like in the worst possible way. I also would love to see a dinosaur more than anything like really and uh, if if i did rock on but if if i don't i'm in no worse a place than i am right now true and if you do you might be in a worse place (laughs) (laughs) might be running Mm. oh that the the point he makes in the movie about the condors is that he's saying condors are on the verge of extinction if i was to create a flock of condors on this island you wouldn't have anything to say and the retort from Ian Malcolm's character is, no, hold on, this is not some species that was obliterated by deforestation or the building of a dam. Dinosaurs had mm. their shot, and, were, and nature selected them for extinction. How do we know that? 
we we presume that that's what happened. Well, yeah, we don't know. I, I mean, a lot of people, they well, mostly creationists think that uh, dinosaurs and humans coexisted at one point. Maybe mm-hmm. for all we know, if that is true, uh, humans are the reason that dinosaurs are extinct to begin with. But even asteroid theory, I mean, the the asteroid theory of extinction for dinosaurs, that wasn't natural selection. That was a cosmic, cosmic event. event. Yeah. yeah. It's not that their food sources no longer exist, or if they... It's because somebody really sucks at playing the video game Asteroids. Yeah. You hit Earth. You... Ah, all the dinosaurs are dead. It sounds like a it sounds like an ending to a Stephen King book. You just find out it's <laughs> some kid playing a video game, and he Boo. killed all the dinosaurs Boo. by accident. It sounds a lot like uh, Dr. Seuss and the, the Who's. You know, Horton hears the Who carrying around oh, with yeah. Dandelion with it. City on it. Person to person, no matter how small. <laughs> Do you just remember that from your childhood, or is this because you read it to your daughter? <laughs> uh, no, she doesn't like the, the wordy books yet. She doesn't like rhyming. Me neither. It's very disconcerting. She likes books <laughs> with uh, like one or two words on a page. Mm-hmm. Amen like, to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love those books. Those books are great. So... I suppose bringing it full circle, again, much like last week's discussion, we are talking about a very specific movie, but what, uh, I mean, what I, I don't know if we should go, like, conceptually, like, what portion of this concept is most appealing to each of us in that, well, like, Frankenstein is a very similar concept. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, about, that's about reanimation, but it's the same thing. Like, we're, we're reanimating dinosaurs, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know if we should talk about it in, the, in that context or if we should talk about it in the context of just dinosaurs about... What you know? What would you do if you really could come into contact with any dinosaur? A, what dinosaur would it be? And B, what would you do with it? Other than teach it to play fetch, because that would be so much fun. Oh, what would yeah. you do with it? Uh, Interesting. Ride it like a horse. Like a horse. I, I have a list. That would be so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> What's your list? We'll choose off of it. <laughs> oh, I just named two of them right there. I would want a pet dinosaur, like Jimmy said. I think that'd oh, be yeah. really cool. Um, probably not a full-size dinosaur. I mean, let's be real here, people. They're mm-hmm. hard to bathe. Um, I had a lizard. I never bathed it. <laughs> How did it get clean? It's a lizard. True story. That's why they smell. So maybe you don't have to bathe it. Okay. So that rules out that. This is becoming more achievable. They don't. Uh, they don't like sweat or anything, so they don't really need to get. Oh, clean. that's true. Okay, hold on. Here's another thing I didn't think of. I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say. Uh, if I had a dinosaur, I want a pet dinosaur. I would have like. I would want like Spike from like uh, from. Uh, Land Before Time. Oh, yes. But then I was like, well, Spike gets really big, though. And then I was like, oh, but if we brought back dinosaurs, I'm pretty sure there would be a lot of, like, dinosaur breeders that would start breeding, like, like dino poodles. And they start making, like, smaller, so you're pint-sized talking about a toy T-Rex. A teacup? Uh, I'm talking about a teacup Spike is what I would want. Because it would probably be about the size of a, of a lab. <laughs> oh, dear. A teacup T-Rex? Yeah. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yes. That would be awesome. That would, that would be, be awesome. as annoying as a yapper type dog. <laughs> like to have people be like, oh, your T-Rex, he's so harmless. Would you like go walking your T-Rex through the neighborhood oh. and all the other ones would like growl at it? I would taunt my friend Meredith with that because she gets related to a T-Rex a lot because she has a big head and little arms. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is terrible. <laughs> it uh, is, but if I had a T-Rex to show her, I'd be like, look, it's Meredith the T-Rex. <laughs> She's going to kill me when she hears that. It's going to be funny though. It's going to be funny when you're dead. Uh, it always is. Every time I get slapped by a woman, it's funny. Yeah. That's mm. funny. Anyway. This happens frequently. 
Not as much some in the, in the recent past. So, Jesse, what would you do if you had access to a dinosaur? And what kind of dinosaur? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, I like the big guys, the big slow guys. Just, just to have around. Yeah. Be, be buddies with. <laughs> Climb up on them. Yeah. Hang out, read yeah. a book. Yeah, let's go. Let's go down to uh, the theater. See <laughs> film. <laughs> a silent film. <laughs> At the cinema. <laughs> No, the drive-in movie theater. Oh, it's Flintstone that. style. Oh, that could would watch be too. awesome. Everybody could watch too. Take him to uh, the Dino Park. Let him play with the others. Be a little rough though. He's much bigger than the rest of them. Yeah, yeah but he's, he's a gentle giant. <laughs> God, I want a dinosaur so bad now. I want a Triceratops. That's what I want. Mm. Like a little a teacup Triceratops. No, a full-sized one. These things are massive. Where would you keep them? Where would I keep mine? <laughs> I'm the smallest backyard ever. Oh, that's not true. Mine's much smaller. If you had a teacup, it would be fine. <sighs> yeah, but then it's just cute. Those those spiky horns aren't aren't uh, a deterrent for a robber or anything. Oh, get oh my God. Nobody would ever rob you. You have a dinosaur, man. Can you think of it? Like the pit bulls of the dinosaur world? Velociraptors, easily. Oh. That's mm. not... <laughs> it's just terrifying. I just thought about that for a second. Like... Oh, I threw my ball over the fence. Let me jump over really quick. And it's like, oh, there's a dog. Oh, and now there's, oh, up? there's a velociraptor. <laughs> this, this sounds a lot more like the Sandlot than it does anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, think about that. I mean, now that story. that that uh, forever. <laughs> that movie would be a lot shorter if that was a velociraptor. Signed by some chick. <laughs> Baby Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> that movie would have been, you know what? We should just start thinking of movies to superimpose dinosaurs into to see how uh, <laughs> how short they would be. Because <laughs> they would be very short. <laughs> oh, my ball went over the side. I mean, they're and all dead. dead. <laughs> Think about the movie Beethoven. What if that was a dinosaur instead of uh, all dead? <laughs> uh, movie Cujo, all dead. Everyone's dead. Old Yeller, all dead. <laughs> Everyone's dead. <laughs> it seems that all these movies end the same way. Which is probably why we should bring dinosaurs back. It's because it. Everyone dies. <laughs> yeah, what a terrible idea. <laughs> Who came up with this idea anyway? Jeez. Michael Crichton. And guess what? Everyone died. <laughs> uh, Michael, and what's, where's Michael Crichton? He's dead. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too soon. Uh, this was years ago. It is irreverent, though. It, well, if anybody out there knows me, that is me. <laughs> irreverence. Mr. Irreverent. irreverent. Irreverence is irrelevant. It's true. Uh, you know what? He probably would have laughed at that. Anyway. Anyway, I think that I I think we've talked about that. So that does it. So let let's let's recap on that really quick uh, before I ask the naysayer, Jimmy. Is it, is this possible at all in any way, shape, or form? Even no. if, synthetically, like no. we could create a dinosaur from scratch. Maybe from scratch, but that's way when we understand genetics a lot more and we understand DNA a lot more. And once we get more into, you'll probably see a little bit of, of research into it once we get more into genetic modification. But until that happens, no, we are not going to have teacup spikes running around. Oh, man. Unfortunately, as much as that would be awesome. It would be awesome. Jesse? No, I don't think so. Uh, nah. No, I don't think so. What about something other than dinosaurs? What What if it was the dodo bird? Mm, doubt it. Mm. If we brought it yeah. back to life, we'd probably elect it into some office anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd no vote comment. for it. 
I'd like to vote for Dodo. <laughs> Dodo for president. <laughs> okay. I, uh, I, I think that it's too soon to tell. That's where I'm standing on this. I think it's possible, but it's also impossible. It's too soon to tell. Maybe. Are you talking about the dinosaur or some other type of... Anything. I, I think at this point it's, it's unextincting things. Mm-hmm. Giving, giving everybody another shot at the, the natural selection wheel of fortune. I think that it's too soon to tell. Too soon. I will say this, though. People will continually attempt this specific to dinosaurs, I think, for forever. I'm sure. Because yeah. more advances, advancements will be made, people will try again. I think we'll come close at some point, but it won't be close. Like, look, there's a thing in front of me. It'll be like, ah, oh, curses. There's something we didn't know about the DNA sequence. Uh, yeah. well, but uh, that's probably all that research will help in other areas, like mm-hmm. growing us replacement organs and things like that. True. Yeah. Well, we're already maybe, making advancements. Maybe even there. pianos, too. Oh, pianos. I love pianos. And, and organs. Mm hmm. Oh, man. I fell right for that. Yeah, me too. I was like, what does that have to do with anything? Oh, you said organs. Walked right into it. Oh, that's so terrible. Like the leg of a T-Rex. Anyway, so what are we talking about next week, Jimmy? No, I'm not going to be here next week. You're not going to be here next week. I'm not. I'm taking a hiatus, as it were, for for work. So So what are you guys talking about next week? I knew some guy that he meant to say hiatus, and he said, I hate us. (laughs) I I do hate us, but for much different reasons. (laughs) I thought that was very funny. So uh, since you guys will having be having a uh, much more intelligent discussion than normal, what are you guys talking about when I'm gone? We're going to have a guest, and we're going to talk oh, about the breakup of the United States. Deep discussion. I can't wait to hear that. Jesse's really excited about it. So am I. It's a very deep... It, the research is... It's deeper than we thought. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy. It's just going to be a three-hour special. It very well could be, <laughs> but it's not going to be. <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer it. I, 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 as a listener in this case, would also prefer it. Maybe we'll break it up into pieces. Okay, well, that that sums that up. Yeah, well, have fun. Have fun in Florida, buddy. Oh, I will. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for joining us on this lovely episode of Impossible Things Podcast. If you have any questions or comments for us or topic suggestions, please email us at impossiblethingspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on the Twitter at impthingpodcast, I-M-P-T-H-N-G podcast. Or check out this episode and other episodes on the website, as well as our research and notes now. Yeah. ImpossibleThingsPodcast.com. We, uh, we also, you can subscribe to this on iTunes, as well as on SoundCloud, or you can just go and listen to the embedded link on our website. That's about it. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.